Welcome everybody to the Resident Report here with Izzy on the Built in Buffalo Network. Um, this is going to be a hard show to start because of the news from yesterday, uh, the passing of one 24-year-old quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I did not know Dwayne. I never met him. But throughout my day yesterday, I, I did work yesterday. And I found myself later in the day holding back my emotions. And I was by myself because I generally I work by myself. There's a lot of driving involved. And I go from place to place. And during that time of driving in solitude, I can actually, you know, sit and reflect on my thoughts and gather myself and try and see what I think and feel and and go through the emotions and the um, the belief and or lack thereof when it comes to some of the things that happen in life, you know, whether it happens to you or somebody else. Um, it's a very hard thing to to go through. Uh, death is not my friend. Uh, me and death have a very, very, very shitty relationship. I, I don't care. Um, with so many people I've lost in my life, you know, being a veteran and, you know, also within my family, you know, direct family and my military brothers and sisters who I knew. Um, death resonates heavy with me. Um, but the Dwayne Haskins death is, is quite different. I didn't know him, but he was 24 years old. He was taken from us way too soon. He had potential and he had life ahead of him and that that didn't work out for Dwayne. And as much as I'd like to sit here and pretend that, you know, I can feel for his family, which I can, but like I know what they're going through, his parents, he's 20, 24. Uh, if I lost a son or a brother, I'd I lose it. Wife, you know, whatever it is, like, we have to understand that this life is short. Right? This this life is not it's not guaranteed tomorrow, whether you're 24, 44, 64, you pick a number, I don't care. It, it is what it is. Um I'd like to say hi to everybody in the in the uh the family here, uh in the comments. You know, we got Daniel Garris as usual, Jeff Davis, Dalton Smith is in here, Akeem, uh John Herrig is in here. Hopefully my stream is better this week. Last week I didn't realize I had a second screen turned on. And I was sitting there streaming, and it was uh, I got told it was choppy. and and But now this week, you know, I have to deal with this sadness. And it's tough. It's tough. It's, it's uh, yeah, um, just going through it and just realizing, you know, that this life is precious. You get one, and... When it's over, you know, hopefully you have no regrets. And for Dwayne Haskins, I just hope that his family is okay. I pray for them. I pray for whoever knew him and loved him and cared for him. Uh, he was in South Florida on a training. Uh, it wasn't really a team thing. It was a uh, training set up by Mitchell Trubisky to go down to Florida with the receivers, running backs, tight ends, and, and quarterbacks, right? QBs, running backs, receivers, and tight ends going to South Florida to go get some training in to, to learn each other and to to grow as a team. And we're all familiar with Mitch Trubisky. He was on our team last year. 
Um, and you know, we're all praying. I'm praying for him too because he probably just met Dwayne, and even though they were in competition with each other, uh, they were all there to work together. And Mitch set it up, and I just hope that he doesn't, you know, try to carry in his burden on his own. Uh, these things happen, and it's it's sad and it's tough. Um, to the Steelers organization, you know, stay strong, guys. You know, the the team. I know the fans. I don't know how many fans were, you know, really his fans. And I know that it was supposed to be a competition this year. Uh, a bunch of my Steelers fan friends were saying, you know, it's him, Trubisky, really going at it with Mason Rudolph to see who's going to win that job. And this happens. And that's got to be that's got to be devastating. I really don't know how else to show my emotions here. Um, they're just going to come out as I talk about this, but the, the life of Dwayne Haskins, the, the fire of his life was extinguished too soon. And we all, you know, go through these tragedies within our lives. But, uh, yeah, God bless him. Rest in peace, Dwayne. Um, you'll be missed by your teammates and you'll be missed by everybody who knew you and anyone who you really really doesn't know how to discuss uh what happens with these guys uh my man says it's a little grainy but most of the podcasts have been lately. i'm not sure what's going on let me, let me see if my camera's settings are are set to low or something no they're set to hd okay so they should be fine um But, yeah, the, my, my thoughts and prayers go to the Haskins family, the Pittsburgh Steelers, everybody who knew him, his friends from Ohio State, everybody just, you know, big up to you guys. It's tough losing somebody, especially in a tragic accident like that where he gets hit by a dump truck of all things. I hope it was painless, I guess. I, yeah, um, just rest in peace, Wayne Haskins. You, roll with God. Uh you, the people that love you will see you there, okay? All right, I'm gonna leave that alone now because that's gonna have me all emotional throughout the whole damn show, and I'm not trying to do that. But much love to the Haskins family, and I'm, I'm dragging on. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rambling on about that. All right, so the the general gist of the show today is players that we can keep or that we will keep and won't keep. Um, there have been a lot of players that we've discussed, but there's a few key players that we talk about being gone after this year, um, you know, traded, cut, you know, contract expired, whatever it may be, these players, futures in the Buffalo are not guaranteed. Now, the first one I'm going to talk about is an easy one. What? No, it's not. None of these are easy. Um, but the first one we're going to talk about is running back Devin Singletary. And I'm using some of the rhetoric from McKean from last night, uh, where he, you know, Poyer, resigned or let him walk. Um, I use that for pretty much everybody here. Uh, we have a comment here. Uh, thoughts and prayers for, to the Haskins family, as well as those suffering in Ukraine. God bless all of them. May they all have a, uh, Safety and security within the near future, and the Haskins family, God bless you. Uh, what's up, Vlad? See you in the comments there. 
Um, Devin Singletary, Motor, as we all know him. We all love Motor. Uh, some of us more than others. Uh, some of us believe he can be a great, you know, three-round back. Uh, I think it's possible, you know, with the right scheme and the right line and, the, you know, the right coaching. I think Devin Singletary is a very, very good back. He's not that fast. We all know that. But those legs keep churning. He'll shake you out your shoes. And, you know, he, he's a very good back. I think if he is removed from this team, becomes a free agent, I think there's a big market for Devin Singletary. I think Devin Singletary has a lot of people out there that would be interested in his services. Now, do I think he's going to get the bag? No. He's never been a thousand yard back. He's always been in the running back by committee. And he is definitely worth the opportunity, but I'm not sure if, you know, if the bills will be able to resign him or if they are going to want to resign him, they may just want to wash their hands of running back and, and draft another one or sign another one, which is what we've done most of, mostly for the last you know few years when it comes to RB3. But they've shown a lot of faith in, in Devin. And personally, I think that Devin may get a chance here in Buffalo. You know, they may, they may extend it for a couple of years. They may say, hey, you know, we want to give you a nice little three-year, $9 million deal, and that may be the best he can do. You know, here's what we're going to offer you. Go out and see what free agency says. And if they want to draft, sign you to, you know, three years, $12 million, maybe we match, maybe we don't, we'll see. You know, I think there'll be an offer on the table for him. And then after that, it'll be, you know, find your money. And if it's better than what we got, then take it. Go, go for it. Uh, but that's that's the gist of what was going to go on with Devin. Uh, my man John Herring says, Motor deserves a chance to prove he's worth it. Uh, yes. And I think this year he will have that chance, uh, especially with the new uh, offensive line coach in Cromer. And bringing Roger Saffold, who's a road grader up front, and then bringing back Rick Bates, who helped set up the Bills' offense later in the season when Devin started to go off and started to like you know really score and break long runs. Rick Bates was the guy who they put in there. So maybe, maybe he just needed an enhanced offensive line. So yeah, I, I'm with you there. But should we draft a running back? And I'd say the answer to that is also yes. I think that, yes, we should definitely draft a running back. Uh, running backs, as they say, are a dime a dozen. I don't necessarily believe that exactly. But running backs are the easiest position. To, it's one of the easiest positions to fill. right? Like the Ravens filled it with Devontae Freeman last year. He didn't make our team the year before that. You know what I'm saying? So like there are running backs out there who can come in and play serviceable running back for you if you know you need one in a pinch. Question is, do you believe in your guy? I believe in Devin Singletary. Uh, in my opinion, could be re-signed. But, you know, we'll see. Uh let's see. My lone wolf says, you know, this season, but next season we've been air. Yeah, I agree. Uh, John says there's an opportunity to draft a fast running back in the draft. That's true, but... You know, fast doesn't necessarily mean three downs. That that could be first and second down, put Devin in there for third down, you know, maybe your fourth downs, you know, or depending on the situation. So this this team's gonna be running back by committee no matter what, unless one of the running backs is just not capable. So it is what it is. Uh, uh his yards per carry is always pretty good, just needs a better guard, but yeah, yep, I touched on that. Rest in peace, Wayne. 
There we go. So running backs are a dime a dozen. Good running backs are not. Okay. Well, I mean, that, that can go for any position, really. You know, guards are a dime a dozen. You go out there and pick up a guard anywhere, but good ones, you know, they're they're worth it. Same thing with tackles. They're especially worth it. Uh, John Herring saying James Cook type. Okay, so you, you have a you have an ideal guy. Okay. Let him go if possible. I don't know. Um, I li- I like Devin. I think it's keep him if possible. I think it's keep him if possible. Letting him go next year is simply not re-signing him. So we'll see. And my man Martin Hernandez. Hernandez. My guy says Devin Singletary is the next Barry Sanders. I like Devin. Is he the next Barry Sanders? I, I don't agree with that, no. But I think he's damn good. And he, if anything, I compare him more to Shady. You know, Shady wasn't that fast. He was faster than Devin, but he wasn't that fast. And Shady made a career out of just making people miss. And that really could be Devin. And I, I, I prefer to keep him, but that's up to the team. If it's up to me, I resign him. But it's it's really about the money he's, he's going to garner. But I, I think that he's not going to garner that much money and that he'll be worth it to us to, to resign. Plus, he seems like a Bills guy. He seems like a guy who wants to be here. He seems like a guy who appreciates the team. He seems like a guy who's down for the cause. He wants to win, and, you know, that's a lot. Another thing to consider is Motor has a lot of carries on him coming out of college. How much tread is left? Two, three years? You know, two, three years? Give him two, three years. That's it. You know, your average good running back is like eight years. Devin's pretty good. And in Buffalo, he doesn't get that many carries here. So, I mean, the tread on tires, even though in college was worn out, in Buffalo, he doesn't really see 20 carries a game. He, he doesn't. So, with that being said, I think he's got plenty of tread in the tires because we're not wearing him out. All right, so this one right here kind of covers the gist of our entire show. I love Tremaine, love Poyer, but we have to get younger and smarter. We can get the same production linebackers at third or fourth round if we are just looking for tackles. Tremaine played three uh, third-rounder play. Okay. We'll, we'll cover Tremaine here shortly. Dave uh, will always read about Singletary. Yeah, and, you know, rightfully so. And so the teams are offering that bag, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of money out there for Devin Singletary. Like I said before, he's not a thousand yard back. You know, he's a situational back. He's a scat back. He's he's a he's a very solid running back, and that may be all we want out of our running backs. We may not necessarily want a, a home run hitter. You know, if the line's good and Josh is good, and the running back should be fine. You know, we're more of a pass set up the run team than run set up the pass. That could change though. So I mean, they they could go after a Brees Hall or a Walker. You know, or somebody like that. They they could take somebody in the third, fourth, fifth round. Don't know. We'll we'll see. But in my opinion, I would try to resign him and then allow him to go see what's out there. Oh, my brother's in here. Actual biological brother. Marshall, or as we say, Marcial Manero, my brother. Uh, he said resign. He showed up at the end of the season, and he did. He he really showed up when we had a line that could that could block. When Rick came in. Boom. You know, that, that happened. I'm a big Walker fan. I like Walker, too. I like Walker. I like Brees Hall. And then in the fourth round, I like Jerome Ford from Cincinnati. He's he's probably my dark horse running back in this draft. So, yeah, I'm with you there. 
Tremaine is responsible to cover so much ground in the nickel system and two gaps with poor one-tech play. He's more important and a lot better than most fans realize. Maybe. Maybe. I think we'll, we'll probably see it in this year, but he could get traded for somebody in the draft. But we'll get we'll get into that. But Devin Singletary, I'm seeing more re-sign than let go, I think, especially depending on you know the production he's going to give us. But I'm all for uh, bringing back Devin Singletary. So that's my take. Next guy on the list. Dawson Knox. Now, for his first two years, Dawson Knox was uh, polarizing, right? People didn't know if he'd turn out, if, he, if he'd progress, if he'd really get to where we wanted him to be. And I, I, I'm one of the guys who said, you know, if you look at all the good tight ends, you look at George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, uh, Zach Ertz, look at them in the pattern that their careers took. I'm still kind of from the Haskins thing. Um, if you look at that, you know, then the pattern is three years is when you find out who they are, right? Like Dawson Knox in his spider. Dustin Knox in his uh, first two years was not that good. His third year, he blew up. Was it nine touchdown catches? He was Josh's safety blanket. He was what Beasley is supposed to be. And then he still made catches downfield, still made crazy acrobatic catches. I mean, I'm not the guy who likes to say, I told you so, but I, I told everybody. Dawson Knox, year three, is going to show everybody that he's going to be the tight end going forward. He's going to be our future tight end. I told everybody. It's not to toot my own horn, but look at the pattern of tight ends. Look at how they do. And year three is their breakout year. Now, if he flopped this year, I'd be sitting here like, well, I thought Dawson Knox would be the guy, and I was wrong, but I wasn't this time. I was very correct. So if it's me, I extend Dawson Knox immediately. I try and do it before this year. I try and get it done after the draft. Draft picks are signed. You know what your cap's going to look like. You, didn't, you know, you bring in any other veterans that you're going to need, and you re-sign Knox immediately. That's that's me. Right now, today, give that dude his money. Do I think he's going to garner top tight end money? No, I don't think he's going to garner top tight end money because he's not – He's not a you know a eight hundred to thousand yard guy, but he is a good safety blanket, and I think he'll get middle of the pack tight end money, maybe six to eight eight million a year. Uh, if he if he garners more than that, like this year, if we don't resign him this year, and he blows up again, you're looking at a lot more money. You're looking you know closer to the fifteen million dollars a year range, the Johnny Smith range that the Patriots overpaid for. You're bad, not ours. Um, Dawson Knox, if it's me, I think this one's a no-brainer. I brought this one up second because it's a little lighter to go at because Devin Singletary is so polarizing at times. But I think that I think that Dawson Knox is he's it. He's what we need at tight end. Hang on, my man Martin over here saying some crazy stuff. Bill should make a move for Metcalf. What do you think? Um it's possible that they make a move for Metcalf, but he's gonna need to get paid like Stefan Diggs. And we can't afford to pay two guys like that. That's just not how that works. We can't we can't afford to pay you know him what he wants to get paid. But if you want a big target, you got Dawson Knox. So I'm definitely cool with that. Plus, we brought in OJ Howard this year. He may see a career resurgence. We may be running a lot more two tight end sets. This is Dorsey's offense now. It's not it's not Dables. So 
the basic principles and premise behind the, the, the offense will probably remain mostly the same. But, big but here, you're going to see a lot more packages that are different from what Dable ran. Dable ran a lot of spread. Dable ran, you know, a lot of, you know, little motion, jet sweeps and stuff like that. And we'll still see some of that. But I think you'll see a lot more two tight end. You'll see more 12 personnel. You'll see more 21 personnel. You might see two running backs back there. I think that this offense is going to be tweaked more than we think. And I think that Dorsey, you know, was the right sign for that because he's familiar with Josh. He can actually help build the offense with Josh. And then when you're progressing your offense, you you don't necessarily want to go from like a Brian Dable to a totally different guy like an Eric Bieniemy or um, the Steelers did it with Big Ben and he they hate each other. I forget the coach's name. He's a he's gonna be coaching the USFL this year. But man, his name is escaping me. But they brought him in and it just didn't work out. You don't necessarily want to change up your whole offensive philosophy when you have to go. You want to kind of, you know, retain some sort of Todd Haley. There it goes. My man Kenny Riggleman in the comments with the save. Thank you. Todd Haley. Big Ben did not like him at all. The scheme fit was just not there. And he lasted, I think, two years and then they, they fired him because it just didn't work out. And the offense wasn't terrible, but it wasn't what they were used to. And so they had to find another offensive coordinator. And that's what it was. With Dorsey, you're still bringing back the same uh, verbiage. You're bringing back the same philosophy. You're bringing back the same ideals. But you're also bringing in some new philosophies. You're also bringing in some new ideas. You're also bringing in the premise that we don't have to run things the same way they were ran by the last guy. But there's going to be a lot of the same. So Dawson Knox maybe used more. And we may run more two tight end sets, and I like it. I like having the big guys out there. They're hard to tackle. It's hard to jump over them. It's hard to, you know, get, you know, jump balls on them. And they're hard to tackle, man. They're hard to tackle. So, yeah, I, I like the Dawson Knox resign. Bring him back. In my opinion, bring him back immediately. Um, even if it's right after the draft, you resign him. Cool. All right. So I think we're all pretty pretty much on the same page when it comes to Dawson Knox. We love Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox here forever. Dawson, uh, Dorsey and Brady, two of the best offensive minds in football, in my opinion. There you go. Look at that. And he hasn't even had a OC job yet, but he's about to. So bring on, bring on Dawson Knox and let's go Ken Dorsey. Now, the next one, this one's going to be a lot more divisive, right? And that's why I put, put Knox between Singletary and this one because Knox is a no-brainer. Everybody wants Dawson Knox back. Tremaine Edmonds. You knew you guys knew it was coming. You guys knew it was going to be Tremaine Edmonds. You guys knew that this name was coming on this list. Tremaine Edmonds, who I have his jersey over here. His jersey. I have an autographed Tremaine Edmonds jersey right here in this uh, case. I like Tremaine Edmonds. I think he's a good player, but he's not worth the money he's going to garner. He got two Pro Bowls, but to me, Pro Bowls are a freaking joke. Sorry. Jordan Poirier, Micah Hyde, first team and second team All-Pro, missed the Pro Bowl. Josh Allen was passed up for the Pro Bowl for Lamar Jackson, who played 12 games, had 16 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. No. No, 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 no. I don't care about Pro Bowls. 
that once once I saw that the joke was in, right? I like Tremaine Edmonds, but I don't necessarily know if he is a fit in this defense. And I do again, I like it. I like him. And if the price is right, bring him back, right? But if you're talking about fifteen to twenty million dollars, he's got he's got to walk. He's got to walk. And Kenny Riggleman in the comments again. My lady Maya here. She says resign. She really likes Tremaine Evans. All right. All right. Man, Kenny Riggleman says, I think Milano's so uh Milano's better so far. So if he takes less money than Milano, I'd be okay bringing him back. And Milano took, I think it was eleven million dollars a year. Um, and Milano does fit this defense better. He's more of a safety linebacker hybrid. He can rush, he can blitz. He can cover. He can fill a gap. He can tackle. You know, I think I think that when it comes to Matt Milano, you know, he's shown his worth, and that's why he got paid the forty-four million dollars for four years. Whereas Edmonds, you know, he hasn't. He hasn't shown. He he, he could be worth forty-four million dollars. I I'll say that 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 wouldn't be unfair. If you get the same deal Milano got or a little cheaper, cool. When it says pay Edmonds fourteen million as you are only paying two linebackers in a nickel system, Edmonds covers more ground and misses less tackles than Milano. Edmonds has much responsibility and makes others look great. I don't know about that because when he went down and uh, AJ Klein filled in, we didn't really miss a beat. So I, I don't know about that. I, I do like Edmonds. Um, I think that that's the level of linebacker he is currently is in AJ Klein. He's that level. That's where he's at. Uh, so Q Surratt says Milano should play middle linebacker. He had better instincts, better in coverage, harder hitter as well. I could, I could, I could go with that. Milano over Edmonds. False. You're saying Milano over Edmonds is false or because I think that Milano is better than Edmonds personally. Um, but also those two guys feed off each other very well. So. I don't know if they make some tweaks to the defense in the future because you never know. Uh, Leslie Frazier might get picked up, and then you're running more of a McDermott scheme. And I think Edmonds fits more of McDermott's style of defense than Leslie Frazier's. But you, you do have a lot of Leslie Frazier elements in this defense, and you know that could be it. Milano missed more time than Edmonds, and the team managed just fine. Milano is injury prone. I disagree. Spin uh, in 2020, Milano missed six games. We were three and three in those games. Milano played the other 13 games, and we were 12-1 and one in those games. I disagree wholeheartedly. We did not do fine without Milano. When he's gone, it's obvious. Edmonds can't tackle. Biggest reason we are debating keeping him. He can tackle. He just he misses his gap all the time. Like he He's supposed to pick a gap and then hit that gap, and he, he seems reluctant to do so, and then oftentimes he, he hits the wrong gap. And then we get chewed up on the run. So, yeah, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'd say he he can't tackle. He can tackle just fine. He he doesn't make tackles for loss. He doesn't hit the gap. He doesn't use. He doesn't trust his instincts. It seems he's also twenty four this year. So that's a thing. But how long do we let him use that excuse of he's so young? People are coming out of the draft that age. True, but Micah Parsons just got drafted, and look how much of a beast he was. Right. So it is what it is. That's also not true. When Edmonds missed games, spin, 
uh, AJ Klein filled in for him, for him just fine. There was almost no drop off. And part of that is because of this right here. He's always out of position, right? Technically, he's playing out of position. He's more of a 3-4 inside linebacker than he is, uh, you know, 4-3 or 4-2-5, you know, roaming linebacker. He's more of a – he needs more of a defined role, I think. I think that this defense is too fluid for him. It's not structured enough, which is fine. You can have a defense with free-flowing movement because that works, right? We're generally cover two defense. We run a lot of cover two. Uh, we run a lot of zone, cover three, cover nine, cover six. Uh, mostly cover two, though. You know, two safeties covering their spots, pushing people to the safeties. Or the two corners outside pushing people to the safeties. Taron Johnson's generally playing the third linebacker nickel roll. Call it what you want, but it is what it is. The hiccups. But, um, yeah, Edmonds, Edmonds playing out of position is kind of, you know, what it is. Edmonds plays out of position, technically. Man says Edmonds is too lanky. And that may be so. Edmonds may be too lanky. Um, but I, I don't think that has to do with uh okay, my video's glitchy. I'm gonna I'm gonna lower the video quality a little bit then. This computer isn't the best, but boom. All right, there we go. So I dropped the video quality a little bit so it's not so glitchy. But, you know, maybe he is too lanky. I, I don't know. But Tremaine Edmonds is a very solid linebacker. But that's it. He's solid. He's not great. He's not very good. He's good to decent. And I think we can do better. Peter Schrager has this drafting linebacker Quay Walker in round one. So I'm curious if he knows something we don't about Edmonds. Maybe. Maybe. Edmonds lacks assertiveness and decisiveness. Does not have great instincts. He's not developed quite as much as I would have liked. He is good, not great. Okay, uh -huh. that's what I said. Meaning it makes it hard for him to hit smaller backs. Oh, okay, so yeah, so what you're saying is Tremaine Edmonds' lankiness, his height, his overall length makes it difficult for him to tackle running backs who have leverage over him because they're shorter. Got it. Okay. I'm trying to put a uh, first name. I'm actually going to pull this video up on my phone just to make sure to see if I'm glitching on my end. See if I see the same thing you guys are seeing. Turn this thing down and just have it over there and see. Okay. But yeah, no. Um, I, I think I know exactly what you mean, Chris. Uh, Although there are tall linebackers out there who are just fine making tackles, you know I don't, I don't necessarily think that you know, that's what it is. So you know we'll see. So overall, do you guys think we keep him? We let him walk? We trade him? I have my opinion on this, and I'll give mine. I just want to see, uh, see how it goes. Edmonds has missed four games since he was drafted. Milano missed eleven. Okay, how many did they miss this year? You know, like I'm over the whole Milano's injury prone thing because he wasn't injured this year at all. Apparently, he found a way to feel better. He found a way to better his body. He found a way to do things, you know, that allow him to last longer on the field, to be better on the field. So, 
very possible that you know you hold that against Milano. I don't right now because he's shown durability the last thirteen games of last year and this year played the whole season. So. Milano's missed tackle rate is higher. Yeah, but generally speaking, Milano is funneling people to bigger guys. You know, he's funneling people generally. So he's hitting a gap, guys juking him or, you know, trying to hit another hole, and they run into somebody else. So, yeah, I, I would agree that Milano's tackle rate should be lower or should be, yeah, sh his missed tackle rate should be higher. He should miss more tackles because he's a smaller backer. Uh, he's he's not going to be able to get his arms around everybody like like Edmonds is. He doesn't have that length. But Milano's a dog, and Edmonds is not. Edmonds plays like a puppy to me. That's that's how I feel about that. So if it's me, time to get that mirrorless camera, bro. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe. I see my videos a little bit uh, grainy, but you know, I'll be getting a new computer here soon and. That, that'll that'll fix that. Um, but to me, uh, it's Milano over Edmonds. I agree with that. He's not as good a tackler, but he's better in coverage. He's better hitting gaps. He's more uh, assignment sound, and he fits this defensive scheme more. I don't think that's comparable. Uh, you're talking about one aspect of linebacking. What good is what good is a linebacker who makes all the tackles if the tackles are five yards downfield? All right, so this is this is pretty mixed in here. Uh, what I would do, me personally, first round I'm going corner. That's just that's just where I'm at. I'm hoping that McDuffie falls to us. If not him, you got Kyrie Elam from Florida. You have you have a bunch of corners that should fall for fall to us, right? And hopefully we have a pick of a couple of guys so that the Bills have who they want really. In the second round, if a linebacker falls to us like a Leo Chanel from Wisconsin, or if a uh, dude from Oklahoma, Asamoah, and you can trade up, or you can get a second-round pick straight up for Tremaine Evans, I'm taking it, and I'm going to get that linebacker. I'm going to get Chad Muma or Asamoah or Chanel or, heck, even the kid from Georgia, his name is eluding me right now, is, you know, What's his name? Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean, if he's there in the second round and you can get a second rounder for Edmonds straight up without trading the second and Edmonds for a second, hell no. Keep that nonsense. But if I can get the 46th pick for Tremaine Edmonds and Muma, Asamoah, uh, Chanel, or uh, Dean is there, I'm pulling the trigger now, right now, immediately. Those guys have instincts. Those guys are side on the sideline too, just like Tremaine Edmonds. But I think that they will make it work. No way we get offered a first for Edmonds, no. Because I think that people see the writings on the wall. If you look at the way the Bills have conducted business, the guys they want to keep, they get done soon. They don't get them done at the end of their contract, except Milano. But they didn't keep Milano earlier than that because they didn't know what the cap was going to be because it was a COVID year. I think that if it wasn't a COVID year and they didn't know the cap was going down, they wouldn't have kept them. I think Milano would be on another team right now. But because of the COVID year, because of the way the cap worked, they, they did it. They pulled the trigger. They were like, okay, he took less to be here. right? And that's another thing. Is Tremaine Edmonds willing to take less to be here? I don't think that's true. 
So what do you do? You get something for him. You you trade him away for a second-round pick. You use a second-round pick to draft a successor. Or if you want a receiver at that spot, you draft a receiver at that spot. You still have another second-round pick that you can get a linebacker. One of those guys should be there. Because you're taking that second-round pick and you're using it on a receiver. Which means that's one less pick that some other team has to take a linebacker. And teams that need linebackers, Philadelphia Eagles, they need one. Man, my video is choppy. Damn, I see what you guys are saying now. I got I don't know if it's a connection or it's a computer, but it looks good on my computer. Uh, my man says, what is it? Trade Edmonds for Bradbury. Both have similar salaries this year and get our corner. I don't know if the Giants are going to do that, man. Dable knows about Edmonds too, right? That's, a, that's part of the thing about being on the same team for so long and then leaving is that you have all the insight when it comes to that. So being that you have all the insight, you know about that player. You can then make adjustments to deal with that player. There's ways around stuff. So if it's me, I trade him in the second round, get a pick, and get one of those four linebackers I named. Uh, Nicobe Dean might be a first-round pick, though, so you know he might be gone. You know, thirty-three or you know, thirty-three second-round pick, but you know, could be thirty-one, thirty-two. There's teams who need linebackers, and he could be gone, but. This, this draft is pretty deep in linebacker, and you can go get one for Tremaine Evans. And then you start on a rookie deal again and don't have to worry about paying him, and you fix your salary cap at the same damn time. That's another That's another thing that's got to take, that's gotta take uh, precedence here. Let me see what Lone Wolf says. Early to replace Evans this year, probably trade him. And then Lone Wolf says... That would be a waste of a draft pick. Why waste a draft pick this year that can fill a need instead of creating? Because you don't draft for need, loan, or you don't you don't draft for need. Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds started as a rookie. Like that's okay. So you may not be understanding. This is exactly what I'm saying. You draft you draft your cornerback round one, right? And then you have a pick in the second round where you have a few linebackers left, right? You wait a little bit. Then you trade Tremaine Evans for a second-round pick this year, and then you use that exact same pick to draft a linebacker like Chad Muma, Asamoah, Ch- uh, Chanel, or Nicobe Dean. That's what I'm saying. You trade him for a pick, and you use that exact pick. So those guys are going to be earlier picks. Maybe one of them falls to Buffalo at 25, but then you're passing on your corner to do that. And generally, you don't draft for need. You draft for, you know, you know, best player on the board. That's how that's how be how Brandon Bean usually does it. So if he does trade, uh, say say he does pick up Quay Walker or Malcolm Rodriguez first round, right? That means he's gonna have to trade Tremaine Evans in the second round to try and draft a corner early second round. Still works. Still works for me. Milano started as a rookie. In like week ten or eleven, when they fi- when they finally figured out that he was better than Ramon Humber, so yeah, he he did, he did start his rookie year, but that was later. Take a top tier linebacker in the first round and leverage Tremaine. They can find a corner second round. Here's the thing: is if you take a top tier linebacker in round one, teams know you're getting rid of Tremaine Edmonds. The price is going to go down. The price is going to go down. So you got to do that either in the draft to draft a linebacker. Or you do that in the draft 
you know, prior to it, or like you draft them early and then you trade them because whatever. But if you trade a linebacker first, or if you if you if you draft a linebacker first, excuse me, what's going to happen is you're going to be stuck with Tremaine Edmonds, and you're going to be in a Baker Mayfield situation where you have an asset that you can't get rid of because people know you got to get rid of them. So it's a, it's a lot. It's asking a lot of a rookie to play middle linebacker in a two-linebacker system. Let me see if I can't do something up here. Okay, no, nothing to do there. Okay. Right, so in a, in a two-linebacker system, you're still, you know, you're asking a linebacker to do a lot no matter what. Right, but linebackers have come in and shined, including linebackers drafted in the same draft class as Tremaine Edmonds, like Darius Leonard. Most teams are running two linebacker sets now. Most teams aren't running four three or three four. They're running, you know, four two five, or they're running three three four or three three five, or they're running two four five. And the two four fives are very rare because that means you only got two down linemen, and then your your two your backers are, are really edge rushers. They're not really playing linebacker like Tremaine would be. So you still have two guys in the middle like Milano and Edmonds who are really, you know, doing their their due diligence there. So asking a lot, sure, but eh. no, 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 no. We don't release Edmonds. You trade him. You get something for Edmonds. You, you don't be dumb about it. You get something for him. But you have to you have to get something back for that. That's what I said. Uh, Leonard, Darius Leonard for the Colts. So Darius Leonard uh, was in that draft class. He was drafted prior to. Oh, okay. So Fred Warner was too. I thought you said for some reason I thought I read uh, Wagner, but Warner. Okay, Warner was in that draft class. Edmonds was uh, Leonard, and they've outshined him, and they got paid for a reason. But yeah, so I think that more people here are for removing Trey Main Edmonds from this team and then acquiring a linebacker in a draft or signing one, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't know who's out there uh, in free agency right now. Most of those guys are picked up. So unless you want to resign AJ Klein, no, thank you. I do like AJ Klein, but I, I think we can do better. Wondering if we run more of a base 4 3 this year. That really depends on the offenses we play, man. Like, if you play a lot of run-heavy offenses, then sure, you'll play more 4-3. But generally speaking, teams are running three receivers, so you're not going to take your nickel off the field. Teron Johnson's going to see the field. Generally not determined by the linebackers or the defensive staff. They're usually adjusting to whoever's out there. Edmonds had Alexander and a lot of support around him. If we replace Edmonds this year, the rookie will be on an island by himself, learning the mic and his job. So he should already know Mike. He should he should be already ready for that. Tremaine Edmonds should already be ready for, or the, the rookie should be ready for that because this time they should probably draft somebody who fits the role, right? You want to draft somebody who's not going to be Tremaine Edmonds 2.0. You want to draft somebody who's going to be better than that. You want to draft a Darius Leonard. You want to draft a Fred Warner. You want to draft a Bobby Wagner. You want to draft somebody who can go sideline to sideline, which is why I like Chad Muma from Wyoming, which is why I like Leo... Chanel. I want to say Chanel, but it's Chanel from Wisconsin. N'Kobe Dean from Georgia. You draft somebody like that. 
My man Mark is in here on some crazy stuff. Draft Sauce Gardner. He's not going to make it out of the top 10, and we're not trading that high. It's not happening. I, I wish it would. Like, if they find out he was smoking weed or something before the draft, and like they, but that's not going to happen because they, they don't even test for weed anymore, so I don't care. Right? So that's not even a thing. Unless he made some crazy comments. No. No. He, he's not going to be there. I w- if he is, if he does fall that far, I'm running to the damn podium and drafting Sauce Gardner. If Sauce Gardner makes it there, I don't care who else is on the board. Right? I don't, I don't give a damn who else is on the board. If Sauce Gardner makes it 25, I'm pulling the trigger. If he makes it a 20, I'm trading up to go get him. But the person at 20 is not going to be dumb enough to do that, and they're going to draft him themselves. That's that's it. He's not making it past seven, I think, is the highest I think he is. The, the lowest I think he'll go is seven. He's going between one and seven. He, yeah. Any team not drafting him would be foolish to pass up on that. Foolish. The only teams that aren't that are going to pass up on him are guys that who are stacked at corner and teams that need either a quarterback or a wide receiver. So if you need an Olave or something like that, then you may pass on him. But other than that, it's not happening. I, I wish. I'm with you. I wish, but it's not happening. All right. So Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds. I think I think we're all pretty much here. I think they take Kyle Hamilton, but it could be. Damn sure it could be uh, sauce because you don't really need as much safety, you know. You, you don't really need as much safety help if uh, if you got a good corner, right? Good corners don't need safety help. That's why we always cheated towards Levi's way. Trade Moss and Edmonds for Gardner. Those two are not going to get you Gardner. It's not happening. They're just not. You're not getting a first-round pick for Edmonds and adding Zach Moss. That does not give you a first-round pick either. It just, it just doesn't. I'm sorry. The value is not there. I think he could, but I don't think he makes it past seven. Seven is the furthest down the line you'll see him. So the furthest down you'll see him is seven, and I think that the Jets may take him. All right, so I think we're done with the Tremaine Edmonds talk now. You know, uh, we're pretty much firm on that. Most of us are, you know, team, let's do better. The last one, of course, is the big topic of discussion in the last few weeks. Jordan Poyer, do we re-sign him or do we let him walk? Uh, personally, I am a re-sign him. And I'm also for re-signing Micah Hyde giving them contracts until they're 34, 35 safeties generally can play deep into their, you know, their thirties, 35, 36 is probably the top. I'd say, you know, resign them through their, you know, age 34, 35 years. And then a year before that, I would draft a, a safety to go into training. Cause if Jaquan Johnson and uh, DeMar Hamlin have not unasked them by then, then they're not going to unask them. And if they're not going to unask them, then, you know, you got to go again. You, you take another shot. But you can't keep everybody, and that includes those two young safeties. They're going to find, some, uh, you know, roles elsewhere. They'll find special team spots. They'll find defenses that really want to utilize their skills. I think they're both pretty good. Jaquan Johnson is a thumper. He'd be a good box safety, probably taking more of a poor role. 
And I think that DeMar Hamlin is more of a coverage guy like Hyde. He didn't take more of a Hyde role. But do I think that you that they make it to that point with the Bills? No, I don't think they do. I think that the Bills are going to with Poyer for a little while longer. Uh, I see here in the in the comments, everybody's resigned Poyer. Spin resigned Poyer to a three year, thirty million dollar deal, twenty guarantee. Yeah, that works. Then he's guaranteed twenty to uh, you know this year, and then three more years after that, he'd be guaranteed two of those three years. That takes him. He's thirty one now, so that takes him to thirty three. And then if he's still good, keep him at age 34 for the same price. Works. Uh, the thing is, he wants more money. He's getting paid $9.5 million this year. He was an all-pro, and he made demand to make that, you know, 12 to $15 million a year. He may really want that bag. And that's a hard bag to give. But he could sign this deal and then, you know, sign another restructured deal later on. That's, that's, really, that's really tough because he's, he's going to want to get paid now. But I, I'm pro... Poyer. Give me Poyer. Give me Hyde. All day, every day. Best safety tandem in the NFL. They may not be the best individual safeties in the NFL, but when they are together, they are fire. And if you get rid of one, to me, you have to get rid of both. That's just my opinion. If I'm if I'm trading Poyer because you can't work out a deal with him, then I trade him and Hyde and get a first-round pick because that sets a team to a Super Bowl, right? That, 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 will, that would send a team to a Super Bowl, having those two guys. If they're ready to win now, and you give them those two, we're going to see them in the, in the championship game or the Super Bowl. That's just how that works. That's funny, man. <laughs> yeah, Rachel Bush. Uh, so I don't mind Rachel Bush so much. Um, she's just sticking up for a man. I get it. Most people want her to uh, to mind her own damn business, but that's her husband, so it's kind of her business. You know, but... You know, at the same time, you don't see a lot of other wives on social media vocalizing how they feel that their husband should be paid more. That's just not how they do it, right? So it is what it is. Uh, me personally, I like um, I like Rachel Bush's stance, but I don't like that she's so vocal about it on social media. But, you know, stand by your man. I can respect it. Does he want more money as a priority, more... So I don't know this, actually. I don't know if he wants more money or if he wants to be committed to. That part, I don't know. That's not been vocalized. But he did sign Drew Rosenhaus to be his new uh, manager. And with Drew Rosenhaus signing, generally speaking, that means that you want to be paid more. Let me see something real quick. Some of my technical stuff. Uh Maybe this will help. Chevy YT says Hyde is way more important to our team. I so generally I would agree with that, right? But Poyer Poyer covers you know the lower section of the field. I love Poyer uh, and what he does, and I love Hyde and what he does. I mean that interception in the playoffs against the Patriots. Magic. Mwah. Give me that all day. But it's a big but. Poyer does a lot of the grunt work. You know, in the trenches, he gets sacks. He gets interceptions. He got five interceptions this year. It's quite a bit. So I, I don't like separating them at all. Okay, so only only 
Only problem I got with Rachel Bush is she throws Micah Hyde in the tweets about being paid. Okay, so Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier, I think, are getting paid the same, 9.5 or 9.65. They're really close in pay. Uh, but they were both all pro this year, all pro second team, all pro first team. Um, and they're friends. Like, they're, they're close friends, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier. So they're always hanging out. So sticking up for a friend, less, you know, it's more off-putting than sticking up for your husband on social media, but they both deserve to get paid. They both they, they both deserve it. I, I agree that, you know, I don't like the fact that she's tweeting about Micah Hyde either. I don't think she's tweeting about Jordan Poyer. I think you should let their agents handle that behind closed doors, right? The public doesn't need to know about that stuff. It's not our business. At least when I froze, it wasn't in a weird pose. Thank God. Yeah, it could look like I was trying to eat the mic. Ha! Ah. <laughs> and Spin says Hyde fits our defensive philosophy more because Hyde eliminates more of the big plays. That's true. Generally speaking, when you have a safety cheating one way or the other, it's usually Poyer covering the low so the, the corner can cover high. Unless you have Poyer blitzing or covering a flat, then you see Hyde cheating that way. So generally speaking, that is correct. I'd make him play. He's not going to sit out. That's true. But, you know, then you're guaranteeing that the next year you're going to have to find a new safety. So that's that's what that does. So I, I think most of us are pro re-sign Poyer. Bring him back. You know, extend him. He's not a corner. So his speed isn't going to diminish like that. He's, he's a 4-6 guy anyway. So is Micah Hyde. They're, they're, those are 4-6 guys. They don't run super fast. They're instinctive. They're intelligent. They make plays with their mind. And their body moves with it. That's all that is. Right? So at some point in time, you got to realize that it's not going to be a body thing that happens to them unless they get injured. Generally speaking, those two guys are very good at taking care of their bodies. They're very rarely injured. I think Micah Hyde's missed one or two games the whole time. And I don't think Poyer's missed any. Like, I don't remember a game without Jordan Poyer in it. So they're durable. They're intelligent. They're instinctive. They know this defense like the back of their hand. There's no reason to move on from at this point in time. Two, three years down the road, sure. Right now, absolutely not. And Hyde is signed for, you know, two more years. He's got this year and next year. So if we give Poyer $15 million and Knox money, Ed's gone. Possible. The, the, the cap is supposed to go up. Uh, Ed has this year and next year on his contract still. So with this year and next year, we can then resign him in the year after. So he's he's a year further out. He's not on the same time frame as these guys are, right? And by that time, you know you can really look at moving Von Miller if he's you know really done, because he's only guaranteed three years of his contract. So there's a lot of things that could take place between now and then. Uh, Oliver's got we we have time for Oliver, my brother, with the Dragon Ball reference, Ultra Instinct safeties. You damn right. And Hyde, Hyde seems to be on that all the time. All the time. Exactly. So uh, Spin mentioned the media deal, and I've talked about this a couple times before. Uh, the NFL two years ago signed a new deal with Fox, NBC, CBS, Amazon, and ESPN. They all got their specific days or conference that they cover for the NFL, and they all just, I think, doubled the amount that they're paying for the games to be on their channels because the NFL's just been doing so much better lately. The ratings have been going up every year. Because of that, 
the NFL got new deals. And because of that, the salary cap goes up because the players get 48.8% of all revenue. That includes media deals. So spin comes back again with another one. This year's cap is limited because it's covering the COVID. Yes, because the number we had this year was supposed to be last year's, the 208. That's what we're supposed to be at last year. But because of COVID, it dropped to like 182 or some, some nonsense like that. Craziness. So it was like the first time like 30 years that the cap went down. Might be the first time ever, but from what I remember, it was 30 years. That's crazy. That is nuts. Negative Lone Wolf, that, 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 that takes place in 2023, two years after the deal was signed. 2023 is when it, when it kicks in. So the cap should go up 35 to $40 million that year. And everybody was like, you know, we, we, we're going to have a hard time because Josh is making $43 million a year. No, because his money doesn't hit until the year the money hits. That's when that's when he gets paid. His paycheck doesn't kick in to that $43 million a year until after the TV deal kicks in. Or the same year it kicks in, not after, but it's the same thing. But it's 2023. So, pounding the table. Let's go win this thing now. And then the cap will adjust itself because of the numbers. And then you can make whatever moves you got to make then. You know, you can trade somebody if you have to trade somebody. You know, somebody else will eat their contract because they're playing well for us. Um, you can move on from guys. You know, I, I don't. I don't like talking like that because... You know, you never know who's going to shine and show up. So, yeah. Oh, there we go. Look at that. Herbert's going to get $52 million a year. So when his contract finally kicks in, right, when it's time to re-sign him, yeah, the quarterback money is going to be way up there. It's going to be way up there. And it's going to be ridiculous. I'd say I'd say three or four years into Josh's deal, they'll have to re-sign him again. They'll have to end up, you know, paying him again. The Disney deal, that's what I call it. Yep, that's 2023. Uh, so the Disney deal, because ESPN is owned by Disney, yeah. That's that's this coming year. Not this year that we're in now for this draft and this season. Not 2022, but 2023. So after this Super Bowl passes, this next Super Bowl that we're going to win, let's go, that year is when the new cap kicks in. That's when, that's when that Disney money kicks in. That's when the House of Mouse starts to pay, baby. Let's go. Have we seen the best of Oliver? No. No. He had a solid rookie year. His second year wasn't so good. No Starlo Talele, no true one technique. I think it was Jefferson that was next to him, mostly. And Phillips was injured. Uh, you're coming off that ACL that year. Um, yeah, he had no help. It was him, Hughes, and Addison. And Addison was having a bad year because I think his brother died. So he wasn't really, his heart wasn't really in it. And then this year, Addison played well, but, you know, not well enough to pay him, you know. So there's that. But, no, Ed Oliver this year showed a big jump in his production. He showed a big jump in his ability. He was starting to maul people in the middle. So, no. And then now you have two new defensive tackles in Tim Settle, and you got Daquan Jones. And Daquan Jones is a true one technique. He's a big, big boy. And he's probably he probably grew up either a Bills or a Giants fan. He's from uh, upstate New York, so yeah. I think Ed's going to be a lot better this year. It may behoove them to sign him early to get ahead of it, but you know I don't think they will. 
what do I expect from the D-line this year? This year's defensive line, I think, will take a step forward because of the additions I named. Plus, you had Von Miller, who I think is going to play linebacker. I've been saying this. Lone told me he's only a linebacker, so he can wear number 40. But personally, I think that he's actually going to take that Lorenzo Alexander role. I don't think that they're going to put him on the line because he's never really played with his hand in the dirt. He's always been a 3-4 pass rusher. So what do you do? You run a 3-3-5 sometimes, and you have him with his hand you know, out of the dirt. And on occasion, you'll put him there with his hand in the dirt. But he's going to be a rotational guy. I think that we'll run a lot more uh, schematic difference. Uh, we will run a lot more different schematics in order to accommodate having that player because good coaches – don't make players fit the scheme. They make the scheme fit the players. And if you can't do that, like with Tremaine Edmonds, you move on. You find somebody who can. But you also have to tailor your scheme to them to some degree. There has to be both give and take on both those fronts. You don't want to just mismatch a hodgepodge of nonsense players who aren't going to fit together in a defense and then have no real scheme. You want to have some things that you run in some situations, like if you need a you know, if it's third and eight and you want Vaughn on the field, you're going to run a three, three, five instead. So that way you have uh, Russo and then you have uh, Tim Settle and Ed Oliver playing a de facto defensive end in that type of scheme. Then you have Von Miller who can be in the middle on either side. He can be on the side with Rousseau, the side with Oliver in the middle. You could have Milano and Edmund split around him to cover, you know, whatever shallow zones. There's a lot more they can do. Yes, he can. He did it with Lorenzo Alexander. So why can't he do it now? You're scheming for a better player. Lorenzo Alexander was a unicorn in that sense. that He could do that, and no one knew he could do it. He played like seven positions. He played tackle, guard. He played defensive tackle. He played defensive end. He played linebacker. He played everything. And now you have a guy who's one of the best pass rushers ever, and he's purely that. Will he drop into coverage occasionally? Maybe. He's done it before in Denver where you had Chubb on the other side rushing and then he's covering a flat. You may see him do that. But all in all, I think that, yeah, uh, Von Miller is very capable of doing that and so is Leslie Frazier of scheming it up. I think that that is totally possible. Totally possible. <sighs> wow. It's been an hour already. <laughs> Let's keep going, though, right? Uh, so most of us are on the resign Poyer train, right? That's where we're at. So I'm all for that. Give me Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde. Uh, I'm all about that life. Uh, I, I enjoy both those guys. I think that they both really communicate well with the rest of the defense. They make sure everybody's where they're supposed to be, and both of them do that. And I think that they are somewhat interchangeable. So, yeah, I'm all I'm all for keeping these guys. But, ladies and gentlemen, my video is choppy. It's been an hour, and I got to figure out what's going on with either my network because I'm looking at this thing here, and it says my network is unstable. So I may have to call my internet provider to figure out if that's the case because I've had this computer for a while, and it's not that powerful, but it's never had this kind of problem. So it may be a network thing. Maybe I forgot to restart my network today or whatever, but I'm going to find a way to get this freaking thing right here i'm gonna find a way to get this bar to the top because i'm actually plugged in so it's got to be a network issue but guys thank you for hanging in here with me with this i'm gonna figure out what the heck the problem is here with this either network or computer and go bills
thank you guys for being here. Um, again, uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, God bless Dwayne Haskins and his family. Rest in peace. Taken too soon. You will be missed. Um, go Bills. <laughs>